coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Gapkiewicz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. Good day, Dave. Good day, Mr. Watkins. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, it's winter. It is. It is supposed to get anywhere between two and eight inches the next day and a half. Yeah, it's winter across the country. Um, but that's cool. You know, this is the time of year for winter to come around. So yep. there was a there was some snow happening. I was talking to my niece, and she was getting snow like in northern Oklahoma wow. this last week. Yeah, because there's whatever I I don't know, but yeah, there's a uh, there's some snow now. Yeah. So what's going on, man? You know what, Mike? I I was talking to you earlier, and uh, I got another call from somebody wanting to buy companies. They're hearing about what we're doing with our clients and everything. And they're like, hey, if you're fixing sales, marketing, finance, and operations and putting in succession planning, um, do you have anybody for sale right now? We Our fund has a billion dollars. We're one private owner. Can can we do you have anybody we can buy? <laughs> and yeah, you know. how often does that happen? Uh, you know, we, we're seeing more and more of it, and it's just a confluence of a number of different things. It's the baby boomers hitting the road, mm-hmm. but it's also, you know, the stock market is just bad. And um, so that's not where rich people are putting mm-hmm. their money. They've they got to put it into assets. Yep. And uh, so, you know, a machine shop is a good bet if it's well run, right? Yeah, and uh, you talk to these machine shop owners, and some of these people listening, they they get one or two of these a day. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and uh, we we only talk to people that are pretty serious that have some good chemistry with us. But uh, yeah, man, it's boy, it's rampant right now. Well, you know, when we talk about doubling valuation um, for some of our business owners, mm-hmm. that that seems like a distant dream, but uh, it starts to become more of a reality. That exercise that you talked about during our business planning thing. Um, that makes it really simple, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, no doubt about That's, it. Uh, you want to hear more about that come next year. Um, okay, well, what are we going to talk about today here? One one thing about doubling valuation and making companies uh, healthy is really making sure that they have good culture and they don't have a lot of turnover, and they're growing, right? They're, be, they're able to hire people. Sure, sure. Right? So I think today, let's talk about strategic interviewing and selection. Okay. Yeah, I think that I think that's good. Is that, good, think, en- is that good enough for you, Doctor Watkins? Well, to the extent that uh, you know, it's it is an area that you know these businesses struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they go to church. Someone says, "Hey, my cousin knows how to do this," and okay, I'll give him a shot. I mean, is the way that looks. Yeah. And and frankly, it 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 works um, when you're just surviving. But if you're just trying to thrive, you got to do better, right? Yeah, you got to have some, yeah, when it, you got, we won't talk about it today, but you got to onboard right, you got to train right, you got to invest, you got to put your money in the right spot when you bring somebody on or it's a big loss. What'd you say? It's a 1.33 times the annual cost of an employee is when you lose somebody? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of statistics it's crazy. around it, but it's high. It's high. I it's mean, high. It costs money. Okay. So, uh, so what's involved then in a strategic hiring? I don't know. I think the first thing I want to say is hiring is one of, if not the most important thing that we do. We have to get it right. If you're going to hire somebody, you got to make sure it's right. You you got to make time. We talked about this, right? 
And a lot of people don't have time to hire right and put in a process or anything like that, but they got time to do it more than once. Absolutely. So in your estimation and in the experience you had, how much time do you lose when you rotate an employee? Well, I think it depends on where the employee is on the org chart, right? So if if it's an individual contributor um, that's doing inspection of parts, right? I mean, that's, that's one thing. If it's your quality manager, that's a whole different kettle of fish, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, and when we talk about strategic, we're really talking about uh, frontline manager and above, right? I mean, I, you think? Well, I guess I, a programmer I, is strategic I, too. Yeah, yeah, but if you have, if you have a product line that you make, say it's high mix, low volume. Yeah. And that guy that sets up the machine all the time and runs 15, 20 parts, I'd say 95% of all of our clients are high mix, low volume. That guy is an asset that has to ebb and flow and a, and be very flexible on a different part it's not just pushing the same button every day sure sure So you have a different attribute you're making and inspecting and setting up for all the time that makes that person a specialist so i'd say very strategic almost top to bottom outside of very basic and even basic people hard to fire or not fire but hire today yeah so then that means you should have a a job description for all those roles in your organization yeah, I, I think you start by building a solid org chart, right? Well, you have an org chart first, yeah. Yep. And th- and then job descriptions for each role on that org chart because, uh, well, f- first of all, if um, if you don't have a job description and you interview three people and uh, you hire one and one that you didn't hire was a a, a woman, I've seen it. They, they come back and, and, and sue you for discrimination. Oh. And... Uh, you don't have a leg to stand on if you weren't operating from a job description. Now that's extreme, but but I'm a lawyer, so I mean, <laughs> it, it could happen. Yeah, it, and honestly, if you don't have an org chart that is filled out, and how do you even know where your opening should be? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you could the, be putting money on the opex side of your business and building up your overhead and driving your profits down really hardcore without proper hiring in, hiring in the right spot. You got to make sure you need it. Yeah, in a 10-person company, you know, I think what the business owner will tell you is this this role has to wear a lot of different hats. Yep. And so in that org chart, you that person's name is in a lot of different hats. I mean, yep. that makes sense. Um and and that way when you sit down and interview them and they see all the hats that they have to wear, mm-hmm. they can go, yeah, I'm, I'm up for that, or no, I'm not up for that. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't interview with that in mind and let them know that that's what's coming, that's why we talk to these business owners and they it's a strategic hire and the guy didn't come back after two weeks. Now, answer me this. You've been doing this since 99, right? Mm-hmm. How many times have you walked into a place and them have an org chart? It's so rare. I mean, would you say less than 5% of the uh, time? Yeah. Less than 5% for small and medium-sized businesses. Wow. Yeah. And then out of those 5% that do have them, how many of them have job descriptions? No, yeah. The job descriptions are just non-existent. Um, and life is wow. way better today because you can go to Indeed and some of these oh. other sites and just cobble together your job description. I mean, you can find the, <laughs> the, raw, the raw text that you You can need. Google... HR specialist job description and you'll get 15 different ones and you take it and then you make it your own. That's yes. Not, yes. I it mean, just takes time. And again, you know, shamelessly, what I forget the, the saying around 
plagiarize. But uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't ever worry about uh, using somebody else's information. No, not at all. Okay. So, what does a strategering? Goodness, strategering is that a, is that a word? That's what, a, yeah, that's st- a word. Strategic yeah. hiring process. What we we always talk about. You know, three different businesses are one of three stages: growth, sustaining, or they're in an exit mode. Talk to me about what does hiring look like in these in these different modes. Well, you know, if you're in the growth mode, um, you're taking a look at your 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 sales funnel. Like, I'm working on some really big deals, and they're starting to feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like, I think, I think we're going to get on someone's ASL, and we're going to start getting some quoting opportunities. And you just can't wait until the day of. Right. I mean, you got you got to start thinking strategically about how are you going to staff this new um, job. Mm-hmm. You know, this new client. Dig your well before you're thirsty. Dig your well before you're thirsty, and so you know, th- in a growth mode. You're looking. You're looking out, and you just have confidence that uh, that you're going to win, and mm-hmm. that you're going to grow, and and you build your dig your well before you're thirsty. If you're in a sustained mode, you're typically just backfilling. Um, someone has left, and you need to backfill that role. Mm-hmm. It's a little less strategic, um, but you know, it's still very important that you you put the right cultural fit in there and and the technical fit, Absolutely. And that type of thing. Yeah. And then finally, if you're in the exit mode, you really have to ask yourself the question, should I be backfilling this role at all? Mm-hmm. Or should I be thinking strategically about roles? Because maybe the, the acquirer already has that role filled in their organization. So the, at the ex- when you're in the exit stage, it's, it's cost containment, man. It's, yeah, you, know, you, look at, you start looking at the word that they use all the time called synergies. Is yeah. a person buying me, I have an APAAR person. The person buying me has an APAAR person. Well, chances are one of those two aren't going to be there. And yeah. oftentimes the buyer, sure. that APAAR person is trained the way they want them to. So sometimes those synergies eliminate some positions. Yeah, yeah. You know, or they push that person to a different position. Because sure. some people want to keep everybody they can, right? But absolutely. One, so, thing, one thing I wanted to say, Mike, is when you do interview, you can't do it alone. I mean, I think when I first started my business, I, if you had a warm, if you had a pulse and you walked in the door, I'd interview you and I'd make, I'd make all the decisions just from a conversation and move forward. And that was a, that was a gap that I had in the beginning. I learned, but I mean, that was a big gap I had in the beginning. What do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's dangerous, uh, because you, you're talking and you're listening and it's sort of like a front wheel drive car on a racetrack. (laughs) Everything's about driving fast with you. Yeah, but they, you know, if you got to turn and brake and accelerate with the same axle, you know, on a front-wheel drive car, it, you know, it just it's hard. Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting there interviewing and asking the questions, listening to the answers, trying to figure out what the next question is, um, it's not unusual for the interview to be over. You shake the person's hand, and you never even remember what the hell they said, because. You know, you tried to do the front wheel car thing, so it's it's just really great to have two people in there, just that somebody can be the scribe, right, right. Um, but I think also, um, you, you know, uh, things that come to you versus things that would come to. Uh, imagine you and I teaming up. What should we do when we interview our coaches? Mm-hmm. What I'm interested in and what you're interested in, two di- two different things, and mm-hmm. so we cover a lot more ground in our interviews, and. 
So if you're doing it alone, you're going to cover some amount of ground if you're lucky. But if you got two people in there, don't don't team up with ten people. You know, that, that, then then the interviewee is like, "What the hell's going on?" But um, but two people, I think, is good. Yeah, well, what's the decision statistics? If you make one decision by yourself, you're 50-some percent accurate. Yeah, and two, yeah. two people, you're about 70-some percent accurate. Three people, it's 90-some percent accurate. Yeah, yeah. So it really pays to have a board of directors or other people weigh in. It, it really does. It really does. Yeah, and, and in that same way, Dave, I mean, um, you should sit down and write down your interview questions. I mean, you got a job description. You know what's critical for success in this role. So your interview questions should center around what's critical for success in this role. You're right. And uh, you said, I like to know how I would answer my own interview questions, and that's really helpful, right? Um, But it's also helpful to let someone on your board of director Mm -hmm. react to those questions too because they'll be like, well, I'd say, and you'd say, man, I never thought of that, right? Or, Or flip that on its head, and you sit down with your board of directors and your managers and say, Tell me the perfect, what would be five attributes of the perfect candidate? And then form your questions around those attributes. What's the question that would feed into that attribute? And then go to your manager, board directors, and say, what would be the perfect answer for this? I built questions around these attributes that we really want. What's a perfect employee look like? Sure, sure. And I built these questions around it. Now answer, give me some good answers, and let's talk through that. I mean, the hiring process isn't all that complex. You have... Yeah, is it is uh, tell me tell me if I'm if I'm thinking right. Number one, you have a good org chart. Number two, you have solid job descriptions for all the roles. Number three, you identify what mode you're in, growth, sustaining, or exit. And number four, you have questions set up and proven out for people, right? Yeah, but that's that's some work. It's it yeah yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. I mean you, it's an investment though. To, you opened up with hiring the right person is the biggest investment that you can make today. That's right. And um. And so if that's true, then how much time have you invested in the interview process? They should be, they should be you know, equal. Like this person's really important, and I've invested a lot of time and energy getting prepared for mm-hmm. the interview. And uh, we don't see that a whole lot. In a really good case, a really good case in an operation, if you hire somebody, they're at full speed in 90 days. That's in a really good case average it's four to six months before someone is running at a clip where they're an a player because they have to learn the paperwork they have to learn the erp system they have to learn who they're working with they have to learn what machine or they're running or what people they're in charge of and how to push their buttons to get what we need out of the business right and it takes a lot of time for that and if you lose somebody that's 90 to 180 days you've lost with the next, not only have you invested that time in the one person that you've left, now you have another six months, up to six months, you gotta wait for the next person to get up to speed. So- And who's doing that work in the meantime? It's- You're, you're burdening your existing staff. You're paying extra overtime. Yeah. It, yeah. it costs you at every facet. So if you're gonna do this, you have to take the time to do it right. You're not in a market that you can be picky on, on employees. There's there's two million two million job openings right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in in our industry. And trending north. Yeah, yeah. So if you've said it a million times, if you may not have the time to do it, you know, you may not have time to do it, but you have time to do it again. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's quite the mess. Yeah, expensive mess. So I don't know, Dave. I think think you're on to something. I think that this is a... 
a skill set that uh, many small to medium-sized business owners don't necessarily have. It's not it's not an impossible one to to attain, but it, it takes a dedication, some time and dedication, and um, and you can win. Absolutely, right on, Mike. Right on, Dave. EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.